0: This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now, your host. He loves hearing stories of listeners connecting with his podcast guests. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it is my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your Chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Diane Rogers, President and CEO of the Rancho Cordova Area Chamber, to learn how the Holman Brothers has provided value for her. As a medium-sized chamber, we recognize that it's absolutely critical to have a well-qualified and well-trained membership development person. Holman Brothers trained that person, recruited that person, and they even trained me on how to manage that person. We're grateful for the support we got. You can learn more about Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Our guest for this episode is Joe Henning. He is, Joe has served as the president and CEO of the Henry County Chamber of Commerce in Georgia since 2019. Prior to that, he served 14 years as president and CEO of the Aurora Regional Chamber in Illinois. Joe is a 2009 IOM graduate. He holds a bachelor's degree in public relations and a master's degree focused on organizational development from Northern Illinois University, as well as a a certificate in nonprofit not-for-profit management from the University of Illinois at Chicago. He served as chair of the Midwest Board of Regents in 2012 and 2013. In 2017, he served as chair of the National Board of Trustees for the program and continues to serve as a faculty member. He has taught on collaboration, industry forecasts, strong chambers for the future, and marketing and membership. In 2007, under Joe's leadership, the Aurora Chamber received its first accreditation through the U.S. Chamber of Commerce with four-star distinction. In 2012 and 2017, he led the re-accreditation efforts and successfully achieved consecutive five-star distinction. In 2015, the Chamber received Chamber of the Year from the Illinois Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives as well as three-star Chamber of Valor by hiring our heroes, U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation. In 2014, he was named Chamber Executive of the Year by the Illinois Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives. Joe supports and serves on the boards of a number of organizations that impact equity, inclusion, mental health, among others. I'm excited to have Joe with me today on the podcast. Joe, if you'd take a moment to say hello to all the chamber champions that are listening and share something interesting about yourself so we can get to know you a little bit better.
1: Well, thank you, Brandon. I appreciate it. I look forward to the conversation today and, and I, I've been most appreciative of, of your podcasts and, and the insights that they, they give uh, with all the peers. Uh, as you said, I'm a native of Illinois. I, uh, born and raised there, and about two years ago, um, moved down here to Georgia. And uh, so so right now I'm having a little difficult time uh, loving my Chicago Cubs and what they did with the, the bloodletting this year, but uh, especially living in Atlanta Braves country after the World Series win. So uh, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. it's a pleasure. Before we get into our discussion today, I'd like for you to, sit, to take a few moments just to, to share with us a little bit about the Henry County Chamber, kind of the size, scope, staff, budget. just kind of give us some perspective before we get into our topic.
1: Sure. So <clears throat> excuse me. so um, Henry County Chamber, uh, it's a little bit larger than I had uh, than I served in Aurora. We've got about 800 members. Um, We do have the dual role as Chamber of Commerce and uh, the Convention and Visitors Bureau for Henry County. Uh, There are four cities within Henry County. We have about, um, I think we're, I think with that last census we were pushing the the 300,000 mark, uh, maybe just a little bit over that. And um, what we've seen, and and, and this occurred prior to my coming here, but uh, around 20, around 2,000 or so, um, the population just exploded in Henry County. We're just slightly south of Atlanta, about 30 minutes south of Atlanta. Um, and the population exploded, and that diversity uh, that came with it is something that we're still uh, addressing, working with, and, and uh, supporting change management within that realm. Um, and so we've got, uh, we've got kind of a, a southern hospitality, but we've also got that Atlanta metro feel to it. And, and so I think we're all trying to figure out what that looks like for each one of us individually, for our businesses, for our organizations and, and that. And um, So we've got about, I'm sorry, we've got about seven employees, full-time employees on staff uh, split between that tourism and the chamber. And uh, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the conversation today, kind of the, the lessons I've learned. And, and hopefully as people uh, uh, follow the, your podcast and hear this, maybe they'll be able to share a couple lessons that they've learned too. And, and I always appreciate these programs because I get something out of it as well.
0: Absolutely. Which uh, our our topic for our discussion today is going to be around industry trends as we kind of look forward into the future, some. And uh, I appreciate you mentioning, you know, for listeners that hopefully they can provide some feedback as well. I recently started a a Facebook group, Chamber Mm -hmm. Chat Champions. So that is a place where we can kind of park some of these episodes. So after people listen to them, get on there and share some of your ideas what are some of your thoughts going forward with industry trends let's uh you know get some more discussion going around these uh, episodes make it a little bit more interactive
1: absolutely but
0: we'll uh, we'll jump into this discussion around industry trends as soon as we get back from this quick break are you looking for a year round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or cvb look no further Build a custom, eat-shop play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com/chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings; they provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar, partner with a local fair, festival, or farmers market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a Small Business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Chamber Nation hears from its customers that they help make it fun again to present the value of membership. That's because so much is provided to help each member promote their business and with monthly ROI reports from Chamber Nation, they know their membership is already working to help them succeed. There are three words in Chamber of Commerce, and Chamber Nation knows that their customers take care of the chamber, but Chamber Nation takes care of the commerce. This way, both teams working side by side deliver a whole lot more in membership value. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. All right, Joe, we are back. Um, So as we look at the the chamber industry trends going forward, um, what are some of those things that are kind of top of mind for you that other chamber executives, other chamber professionals should be mindful of at least going forward? Well, I,
1: I, I'd like to I'd like to take us back. It's probably it's probably been at least five years, and the ACCE uh, put out their uh, Horizon report. And I believe at the time that they first launched it, there were eight influences, uh, and then right after that, within about a year, they added the ninth one with limitations of government. And if nothing else, between the the, the political and social fragmentation and the population shifts and the resources. And all of that, uh, those nine areas that they, they, they identified, if nothing else in the last two years as a chamber leader, we've realized is that it was spot on.
0: Um, Like they knew what they were talking about, right?
1: Everything that came (laughs) to the global impact, the scarcity and abundance, all of these different pieces that they were looking at that were influencing the way we would be. And what they figured was 2025, um, hit us about five years early. And so, um, you know, as, as we look at that, I think one of the key takeaways is that people haven't read that report and really looked at what those influences have, can do for their organization. They really need to check that out. And ASAE has a similar, uh, uh, a, a similar um, identity that they've done for associations in general. Um, it kind of, I've used them both in, in teaching industry trends and, and, and chambers and, and associations of the future. Um, but it really does help to go back and look at that. And and what we've done in the past as group uh, work, whether it's a committee, um, you know, maybe it's the ambassadors or it's our government affairs committee, is we've taken one of those nine influences and really dissected it down and said, okay, if we're looking at population shift, what does that mean? And for us, that's become an abundance. Like I said, we've doubled our population within the last 30 years. And so we have an abundance of population with that shift that changing demographic what does that do for our community and what do we need to do in order to embrace that support that that growth um and so i think really looking at the influences over the last year i think any any of us within the chamber world can can identify where those influences have impacted us with covid pandemic um you know it's in its impact on education uh you know we've got on one hand, we're sitting here in Henry County, I believe at the end of October, we had a 2.6 unemployment rate, hmm. but that's not taken into account those that have left the workforce. And so I still have businesses here that are struggling to hire. Um, you know, they might, they might normally run three shifts, but they've only got enough employees that they can do two shifts. And so that impact on the local economy and, and, and the, the whole state's economy um, is an issue that we have to address and figure out how we get that workforce back.
0: Yeah, there almost me- needs to be a, a different metric beyond yes, sir. unemployment because it's not showing what the true you know, issue yeah, is. Yeah, it's
1: here. it's truly a dated metric when you think about it. When when you think about how it's measured and and why they chose that, it's definitely a dated metric.
0: Absolutely. So as we are looking at the future of, of chambers i mean i think that's spot on if, if somebody's not familiar with the the horizon report by acce to to go download it read through it mm-hmm. um be very familiar with it and you'll see a lot of things it's like oh yeah this has happened you oh know? yeah <laughs> <laughs> but there's I'm still crazy. it really is happening. <laughs> <laughs> but there still is useful information that is going to be very relevant to to making sure your chamber is up on the trends and and being insightful as to what the future has to offer. And Absolutely. if anything, I would say in the age of technology we're in, it just speeds up the change. So it, it you, you mentioned it, that these changes coming five years earlier. I think it has a lot to do with that.
1: But, it does. You know, one of those areas was that communi- uh, the communications and technology. And I think if we weathered it successfully, we all realized that the only way we were going to be able to communicate with our members and our community was through technology. We weren't gonna be able to do, we couldn't do face-to-face for a number of months. Um, and, and we couldn't do um, the networking. And, and and believe me, I am so glad that we were able to put that aside because you know anybody that does a survey, um, networking is always at the top of, of, of the member want and member need. And yet you get the same small group that shows up every month for the networking events. And so I think for all of us that were able to put that on the side burner and really focus on being a resource for our businesses, whether they were members or not, Um, you know, to be that resource to, to be relevant and essential to their success. I think that was the best opportunity. We all had to prove that we were more than just a networking organization, that that's not what we were solely put here for, that we had other things that we could provide to them and that we were successful in doing that. And, and, And so when I look back at 2020, Brandon, as much of a struggle as it was for, for all of us, I still think it was a great opportunity for a chamber of commerce to really prove its worth.
0: Absolutely. It really shined the spotlight on what chambers do and the reason they're there. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, networking obviously has a purpose. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, there's a reason people ask for it. There's a reason chambers do it. Um, but it also becomes a, a, it's not a high demand, task oriented thing yeah. for a chamber to do. It, it it's relatively simple: provide a venue, yes. some drinks, some a reason to get together. Right, uh, right, where it can be done on another level, you know, where yes. it, it's much more carefully curated and inviting certain people to network with a purpose and really having a reason instead of just coming and pitching what you have to sell to other people. You know, I think
1: that's it exactly. I think. What I've tried to do over the last year or so is really speak to that activity as connections. And I know that also can, can kind of be overused in that, but, but what I want them to realize is that, yes, we're doing these, these opportunities for you to expand your network, but let's make connections. You know, know who you're looking to meet, let one of the, my teammates know who it is, what it is you're looking for. And we can, we can create those connections, whether it's in person at an event, or is via email or phone call or something like that? Because you know, you can have you can you can take fifty business cards home from a networking event. You're probably not going to connect with them. You're not going to follow up with half of them. Um, it looks good when you can stack them there and you feel like you were successful because you met fifty new people. But was that a better use of your time? Or are you you telling me that hey, I need to you know I'm a realtor. I really need to know the mortgage people that are in the membership i really need to, that's where my that's where my bread and butter is so let me help make the connection with those 10 12 15 50 mortgage lenders so you know who you can reach out to because you know yeah you might need it, if, if you're a realtor you might need the plumbing expert at some point if you're trying to get a house up to market but the rest of them you know you're you're, you're it's a waste of your time and that's and that's where i feel sometimes we 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 do what we've always done and, and, and this this last couple of years was really an opportunity for us to evaluate what it was we were doing and how do we move things forward. And I think that's where so many chambers of commerce were able to prove their worth and prove their relevance. And I think that's what many of us have always struggled with because everybody sees us, you know, stodgy, you know, politically connected, um, you know, really only looking out for the employer, you um, you know, we were not, I mean, we spent last year, we, we worked with one of the cities to give away $1.3 million to small businesses so that they could stay open and they could keep their families under a roof. Um, we worked with a lot of our healthcare providers to make sure that the COVID, panda, uh, the COVID vaccine was out and, and people were getting it and, and that we could keep businesses open, restaurants open, but keep the schools open too, because we were seeing that struggle. So, I mean, there's still things that we're dealing with. We're dealing with early childhood care. You know, that's something that, we kind of saw five, 10 years ago was needed, but boy, did that pandemic open a lot of people's eyes that yes, it really was a problem. And so now we're we're kind of looking at that as, as how do we how how can we help facilitate some change within that as well.
0: Absolutely. So what are uh, some of these ways? I mean, we we probably don't need to get super deep into it, but the ways that chambers have, have shown the relevance. I mean, we're we're beyond the networking, we're beyond. Yeah, you know, the, the staunchy, you know, well connected organization, but it, it really is about building a stronger community.
1: Yeah, um, you and, know, you asked about Henry County, and I guess I I didn't think about it at the time, but you know, we're fortunate we have a great and, and this started this started literally probably three months before the pandemic. It was like right around January, um, maybe a little bit earlier than that, but but the school superintendent, the county manager. The executive director of our development authority and myself sat down and started figuring out ways that we could work together. Um, then the pandemic hit within about three months and fortunately we had those relationships so we knew who could take the lead on what and so we we went and we started scheduling uh, virtual town halls uh, through Zoom, Facebook Live and because we had the trust in the relationship with those other three organizations the four of us appeared together and talked about the pandemic and what that meant for education and what that meant for employers, um, you know how the county was reacting to it. And so we were able to be that 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 resource of of knowledge for them and, and share that that information um, because we had already built that trust. And I think that's where many chambers were able to succeed in in the last couple of years was they had started building that trust. They had that trust in place or they were able to quickly get that trust together and and look at how um, they could support the community as as a whole. And I think what I saw from many of them was traditionally, because when you look at it, what pays our bills is our members. And and so we do have to focus on those those members and and what their needs are. Um, But those that were really successful still cared about the members, but they opened up their doors to all businesses because they realized that we needed all businesses in order to keep our, our local economy strong. And so what many saw was a, a growth in their in their membership, because once it, once it turned around, then those non-members that you'd helped were coming in. Um, but I think we also we also learned a lot about technology. Um, you know, we were good at texting and emails and everything. Um, But we went remote for about, I think it was about three months that that we had closed our office and we had one employee at a time in the office. And so we had to start communicating as a team via Zoom. And so every day at 1030, I called a staff meeting. Unless you had the day off, you had to be on it. I wanted to see eyeball to eyeball that that my team was doing okay. Um, But I also knew that we still needed to bounce ideas around and get stuff done. And so that worked really well. So the technology, um, you know, we were looking at it. We were looking at how do we do webinars and things like that. This forced our hand. And I think there were many chambers that really found that. And I think we've all found our success in that as well. Um, We had talked a little bit, I think, earlier in the the podcast or maybe just before we started about timing and kind of that evergreen aspect of it. And it was really interesting when we would put one of our webinars out, we were really pleased with the numbers we had, but when we, we looked about two months later, they'd more than doubled and sometimes tripled. In viewers and so that made us realize that it's great that we're doing these in-person events where we can allow for the networking and we can share the knowledge but we're missing so many people you know we're missing our restaurant um, owners and that that have just closed and they're not coming in for breakfast because they're in bed Um, you know we we realize that we need to figure out what that hybrid now looks like and so that's kind of what we're looking at for 22 is how do we take that that technology that we've embraced And bring it back to the in-person opportunities for people to connect. And so I think that's what 22 is going to be for us.
0: Yeah, I can see, you know, in the future, or some chambers now, you know, as they start opening back up to more in-person things again. But having a camera set up and capturing, Mm -hmm. you know, everything going on and then having a database of resources. So almost an on-demand library and repurposing it through social media and YouTube Absolutely. and podcasts and all these different ways. Cause you know, the way that the restaurant owner versus the insurance agent versus, you know, the, mm-hmm. the retail shop owner, the way they digest the information is going to be so different and you almost got to be there in every different way to be able to. Yeah, that's to,
1: right. That's what we're finding. Yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs>
0: yeah, we all love to hear that, right. It just create yeah. the work.
1: <laughs> you know, I think, I think that's the key though, is, is we, we, you know, like I said, we do a lot of the networking because that's what's expected. And I think if we can create opportunities for people to see, oh, you know what, I'd rather do this than just the networking. And we start really prioritizing what it is that we do and, and what that value add is. I think that's how we can change what our business model looks like. And I think that's what the future is for the chamber is, is it's time for us to change. And this is going to help force our hand to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, what are what are some of these other trends, maybe that you see? I know, uh, yeah, d- diversity, equity, inclusion is one that that I yeah. notice. Uh, I don't know if there's others you want to make sure that we highlight you know, as we go about our discussion.
1: You know, we talked a little bit about the the political and, and social fragmentation. Um, we we realized a lot of that in in Georgia between Brunswick and Atlanta. Um, you know during the pandemic and we um, we had nothing as severe here in Henry County, but we did have some, some conflict for lack of a better word, I guess. Uh, and so you've, you've got that fragmentation and we took the technology and we started doing um, community dialogues and we had to do them virtually because you couldn't be in person, but we were having um, success with our community dialogues and really having the conversation around um, equity and diversity and inclusion and from there, you know it's interesting from there we were able to, we've actually got a five-part series that we put together for our hospitality. Um, on, on, it's called Culture of Customer Service and it's looking at the needs and wants of our African-American visitors, our Hispanic visitors, our Asian visitors, our LGBTQ visitors, and those with disabilities. And so we really looked at the diversity within the DEI and, and put that out there for our hospitality. And we've gained some great traction and interest with that. In fact, we've got non-hospitality um, businesses that are, at, are, are interested in providing that for their employees. So I think when we look at that fragmentation, we need to figure out as, as a community leader, um, you know, how do we address it? It might not be the same in every community across the country, but um, you know, we're all kind of struggling. I think if we've got peers out there that have worked with it, I think that's an opportunity for us to align with that. And then I think the, the last one, you know, because um, I know that we're we're getting close to your 30 minute mark, but I think one of the last ones we, we look at is that resource alignment. And you know, as I said, there's a lot of things that we do because we've always done them. But that eats up resources. And like you said, we we're just, you know, we're doing everything. We need to really look at what we do well and what we do because it's needed to be done. And so, looking at those resources we have and really applying them to what our mission as a chamber is. And, and there's all, you know, it's said that if you've seen one chamber, you've seen one chamber. Um, it's not going that alignment's not going to be the same for everybody, but you got to go back and look at that mission of your organization. And, you know, our priorities are leadership development, um, business success, advocacy. And so, that's where we put the largest amounts of our resources in. Um, it might be financial, it might be human capital. Um, but we really look at what those four areas of our mission are, and that's where those resources go.
0: So, this thought or question is kind of a combination on these last two points that you you hit on mm-hmm. with the the community dialogues you did uh, around mm-hmm. DEI, and, and then the the resource alignment. So, I know during twenty twenty we all got hit really hard with the the idea that we we all need to pay more attention to diversity, equity, inclusion. Yeah. Um, it was a hot topic, and it was right for chambers to put a focus on that uh shine more light on it um at the same time well let me let me finish that so so you shine more light you guys did the the community dialogues which is awesome um i think if if you didn't strike when that iron was hot and say you just now got around to doing the community dialogues Mm -hmm. may not have the same impact that it did when you first rolled it out so i think being able to quit act quickly and pivot when you see that need. Uh, so I guess my question would be, how would you approach the time when it's right to make that quick pivot versus chasing the shiny objects and the squirrels as distractions? Understood,
1: understood. I think there's still an opportunity. If, if there is a need that you've identified within your community, by all means, have that conversation. Um, interestingly enough, our first dialogue was late June, um, and we started with Malcolm Gladwell's uh, "Talking with Strangers." And if anybody isn't aware, that is his book about Sandra Bland's um, death in Texas. At that, she was from Chicago area. She was moving down there for a job in that, and she, I believe, it was she was in a she was found in a cell. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, str- strangely, I don't know how you know. I don't know. Sometimes you just luck into success and, <clears throat> excuse me, um, this was the five-year anniversary of this occurrence. So we were able to use that, but we also took advantage of having great relationships with our police department and our faith-based leaders. And so we had a commu- we had a conversation with a police officer, a faith-based leader, and our chamber uh, chair and really looked at the different pieces that each of them brought to the conversation around the Sandra Bland death, (coughs) excuse me. And so, you know, we kind of looked at that as when we were programming, we wanted to make sure we had key individuals that took part in that conversation because we were doing it virtually. um, It was a little more difficult to get a true community dialogue. But I think if you're doing it now, you might have that opportunity that you can have the community dialogue. And so if I were to do it today without the experience, I'd still look at starting it with conversations around some of these books that are out there. And there are many, um, depending on what it is you want to address. We started with the race relations because that's where we were struggling in Georgia and in the Southeast. Um, but you've got others on on um, other uh, disabilities, LGBT, you know, you can look at them. There's there's definitely, um, um, you know, a, a, an area each month that you can focus on, I would do it in an auditorium or a church, and you can still have your panel up in front, but you also have then the opportunity that your community that's, that's joined you there that day can also ask questions. And so it does become more of that dialogue. So I think there are ways that we can still do this. If, if people haven't done it yet, um, you know, there's still, a way to, there's still a way that they can impact their, their community positively. So,
0: and I mean, that's, that's one example, right? Around the the D&I, but Mm -hmm. say throw technology in there, you know? Yeah. A a new social media platform rolls out and yeah, you got to strike while the iron's hot or else you miss the boat and, you know, being able to weigh out, you know, does this really serve our members? Does it really serve the mission of the chamber or is this just the next shiny object and it's going to be gone? Yeah, no,
1: I absolutely agree. Like I, 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 you know, if, if I could get out of social media, I would, but I think for any of us in the industry, you have to use that as a pulse point. And there's a lot that you can find out about what's going on within your community by looking at what's, what's happening within that social media context. And and whether it's Facebook or TikTok, I mean, it's Facebook or Twitter. I refuse TikTok. It's just too annoying for me. Um, I I must just, I'm probably aging out. Um, But, uh, you know, I I try to limit when I get in there so I don't end up down too many rabbit holes, but you do start seeing where people are weighing in on things and and whether it's, you know, the the limitations of your government, whether it's locally or at the state level, or even at the the federal level, um, if that's a concern, then what can you do as an organization, as a community leader to help affect change there? Um, You know, is it a conversation with one of your elected officials? Uh, we did that during our 40-day our session last year. We couldn't get to the Capitol because of the pandemic. And so each Wednesday, I think it was about three o'clock in the afternoon, we took turns inviting each one of our elected officials, our state house, state Senate, um, in for about a half-hour conversation on what was happening that week, um, where they thought certain key legislation that we were interested in was. Was it dying? Was it going further? And so it really helped us then, too, um, show that role that the chamber plays in advocating for business. And so it, sometimes you just luck into these successes and, uh, um, you know, I think you just have to be open to trying it. I, believe me, I, I, we, we laughed earlier when we started, but we've had some failures. I mean, we, we started some of these, these programs and, you know, I'd pause it because we were a little bit early and then I'd forget to turn the recording back on. And, and- you know, those things happen and, and a lot of times it's happened to your guests. So they understand too that, oh, we're gonna do that again. Um, but you just have to go with it. It is it is a little bit of a discomfort level that, that learning curve you got, but I think it just makes us stronger. It makes our organization stronger. It gives us more tools that we can reach the, the business community and the community as a whole uh, so that we can do our, our service to what we're, we're here for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we do start to wrap things up here, I wanted to, to see if you have any maybe a tip or an action item that you would recommend to a chamber listening that they can do to help elevate their chamber up to the next level.
1: That's that's a great question. I think um, I, I think just to take it down to the basic, I challenge them all to do um, you know as a, as a as a professional within the chamber industry, commit yourself to one. Goal of professional development in, in 2022, um, you know it can be if you haven't if you haven't looked into Institute for Organization Management with the U.S. Chamber Foundation, look into it. It's a four year program, but my goodness, the 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 information you get out of it, the 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 um, relationships that you create are amazing, and 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 for me, that's my sounding board when I get stuck with something or I get frustrated or or, or don't even know where to turn as I go back to some of my peers from my classes or or on some of those boards that I served on with them. um, And and, and we kind of walk through what that is to learn. It it could be, you know, they're listening to your podcast. That's great. That's professional development. They're learning from, you know, these these outside of mind, these great minds that are out there (laughs) in the country leading a, a chamber of commerce. And it's helping give them ideas. But I think don't be afraid to learn and, and make sure you're committed to that. Go after your CCE or your CAE, um, look at your state accreditation things. But the only way you, we have to treat this as a profession. And I think sometimes, um, we've been lost with that. And, and we've seen some people that have come and gone that might not have thought it was a profession, but if we're here for the long haul, um, and I think going on about 20 years now, I consider that a, a long haul for me, um, we have to look at it as a profession and look at what that professional development looks like. And, and so I challenge people just kind of keep learning. If, if nothing else we learned from the last two years is we have to stay on top of the trends, the knowledge that's out there, um, what it is that we can do to better serve our members and our organizations, because we're, we're all in it together. And, and we're here as peers, we're here to help each other. Um, and, and I can't thank you enough for being one of those resources out there for uh, the Chamber of Profession and, and, and helping all of us Um, to see where those resources and those ideas are.
0: Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. and I think it is such an important aspect to continue that professional development wherever you find it. Um, You know, especially, I mean, everything you listed, I think, you know, having a good mentor, having a group of people you can go to and bounce some ideas off of. Um, And these are things that have been shared in other episodes as well. And it's just, uh, I'd love having that reinforcement Oh yeah. somebody's, you know, <laughs> inevitably it's happened where somebody thought that's right. I need to reach out to so-and-so and they don't do it because they're busy. They get caught up. And then this is that reminder, go reach out to that person, that group, that whatever it is to further your professional development, do it now, make a note. That, do it now. That's
1: right. I think a lot of times we don't do it because we're like, Oh, it's, it's going to interrupt what they're doing. It's going to be an inconvenience to them. They're going to think I want something. And I'll tell you what, when i've made those calls to thank people or to see how they're doing or i've received those calls it's made both of our days right you know somebody's thinking about me somebody cares and i think that's especially you know especially right now and i hate to to keep beating this pandemic but that's all we all want we just want to know that there's somebody out there that cares (laughs) that's a fair point yeah (laughs)
0: well so we've been talking all about industry trends um I like asking this specific question to everyone I have on the show is as we look to the future of chambers, how do you see the future of chambers and their purpose going forward?
1: I think there, you know, there's always going to be a need. I think the challenge we all have as chamber professionals is moving from a relevancy standpoint, and we all proved it in the last two years that we were relevant, we were needed to being essential. And, and providing services that they can't find somewhere else or that we do so much better that nobody else can do it. And so I think that's where we're all heading. Um, I couldn't tell you, you know, I, I thought, I thought maybe we wouldn't be a brick and mortar because we did well enough, but you know, we also have the visitors Bureau within our, our, our organization. So we'd still need to have something like that. Um, but You know, I think a lot of people are looking at what that space looks like and do they really need that large footprint or is it a smaller footprint that they can use? And so I think we're gonna see a lot of changes. I think we'll see some some mergers. I think some of the smaller chambers um, might merge or might merge with another entity, whether it's a a Convention and Visitors Bureau or an Economic Development Authority, Um, but we're still gonna be here. As long as we're doing our job um, and and committing to it as a profession, I think we're still gonna see the need for chambers. They've been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, So as long as we keep picking up that challenge and going forward, I think we'll be here.
0: Absolutely. Move from relevant to essential. And I'll put in a plug for Casey Steinbacher with her book, relevant to essential. Great, great read and uh, really helps to look forward as to what chambers can do to, to become more essential. But um, Joe, I've, I've enjoyed this discussion today and and for having you here on the podcast with me, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share any contact information if. If someone wanted to broaden their professional network or learn more about how you're doing things, what would be the best way to, to reach out Absolutely. and connect
1: with you? Thank you, that's, that's great. I, uh, my contact information, I think the easiest is probably just go to henrycounty.com, that's the website. You'll find my uh, my ugly mug right there in the, on the home page, and <laughs> click on that and get my email address and phone number. Um, and if you are interested in, in seeing what we did with those community dialogues and that, um, search Henry Georgia Chamber on YouTube, and all of those dialogues, those video dialogues are up there, and they're also on our, our Facebook page for Henry County uh, Chamber, Georgia. Um, and, and if you have questions on, on you know, if you want to know what we learned through that process as we improved it, by all means, reach out to me and, and my team. And, um, and, and and I honestly, Brandon, I am looking forward to, um, I, I, I am in that uh, chamber champion Uh, chat that you have in in Facebook. And so I'm looking forward to learning from others too, as they give us feedback on on today's podcast.
0: Awesome. I appreciate that. I will, I'll get your contact information in our show notes for this episode, which will be at chamberchatpodcast.com slash episode 159. And I'll try to link the YouTube video, uh, or at least your YouTube channel in there. So people can kind of, you know, browse around and find those community dialogues that
1: you
0: This has been fun. Thank you for joining me. This is awesome. Thank you. I'm I'm glad
1: we finally did get to connect. I apologize again for the delay, but, but it's been a great conversation. Thank you.
0: If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Successful membership salespeople are problem solvers. They ask better questions, uncover more problems, and pinpoint how their chamber can help. It's how they consistently drive better membership sales outcomes. Here's the hurdle. Most membership salespeople don't get enough coaching to recruit like this. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching supplies the year-round guidance that your membership rep needs to drive growth for your chamber. Visit holmanbros.com slash nextlevel to learn more and request a free trial of Next Level Coaching.